Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Vaughn Dalzell, college football theme show. Today, we're going to talk about all the New Year's Day bowl games. Before we get to the playoff games, Vaughn, let's start with uh, the Relay Quest Bowl, Wisconsin LSU. LSU 10-point favorites. The total is 55 and a half. This is the noon Eastern game. Jaden Daniels, he will not play, having opted for the NFL draft, unsurprisingly. What is your breakdown of this one? Yeah, there's been no action on this game, Jay. I, I mean, that was already factored in to the spread that Daniels wouldn't play in this game. So the spread has stayed at 10. Total's been pretty stagnant at 55 and a half as well. Um, you know, Braylon Allen is a guy for Wisconsin that really took that offense under control, but he's going to be out. You got the receivers out as well. And then LSU, I mean, they surprised us a lot defensively. So I kind of want to lean towards a 55 and a half, Jay. But to be honest with you, I think the one line that is going to move is LSU minus 10. No matter who comes in, the athletes are better for LSU. Wisconsin struggled mightily this season. The offense was insignificant when Allen wasn't active or wasn't rushing for 100-plus yards. So this is really LSU or pass. And all my contests, uh, VEASAN and Moneyline contests, I took LSU. Uh, so that's that's what I'm feeling, man, Galax Tigers. Okay. So, Vaughn, for this podcast, you are very much the Josh Allen of this offense. I am the host. You are the analyst. I don't have a great deal to add on these bowl games, but I will have some thoughts on the playoff game. So I'll defer to your judgment there on LSU. Uh, Let's talk about uh, the Fiesta Bowl, Liberty, Oregon. Oregon minus 16.5, total 67.5. Bo Nix will play in this one, hence the line being 16.5. Is this too many points for Oregon to lay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, that This is another line that once they knew that Knicks and Bucky are playing, it stayed. 16 and a half, hasn't moved at all. The over-unders only moved up a point since then. So, you know, in bowl season, Jay, the success that I've had and a lot of people that are sharp have had have been following all the opt-outs, getting the line movement before it makes that significant move. This is a game where Oregon spread of 16 and a half is probably going to be similar to the Georgia-Florida State spread where it moves up to about 18 and a half, 19 and a half. So if you like Oregon, I definitely think now is the time to get them. We're definitely going to cross 17 with this number. Uh, Liberty has been a fantastic team all season long. There's absolutely no debating that. Uh, One of the best mid-majors or non-power five teams, whatever you want to call them. But I just don't think with Knicks and Irving playing, they can match Oregon's offense. This could be a track meet. Uh, So the over is not a bad look, but Oregon's absolutely the side or pass here. 
Okay. I will say that with these games, these games are much more vulnerable to uh, live pricing inefficiencies than your average mm-hmm. games because of the chaos in these bowl games. I will be yeah. forever scarred by Old Dominion not covering minus oh, three against Western yeah. Kentucky, which is one of the worst beats Absolutely. I've ever had in my life where I think they went off 28 nothing at one mm-hmm. point and the live line mm-hmm. was like 33 and a half and then they lost. They lost the game uh, because of basically personnel movement, quarterbacks changing, uh, and it just became clear at one point that they couldn't do anything anymore and they couldn't stop Western Kentucky. And the live market is always built off the pre-match line uh, and it runs off the model and then it takes subjective adjustments from a trader in real time. And it's very difficult to make those adjustments in real time because now you don't have the liquidity of the pre-match market to go off. You're making uh, basically opinionated calls. And so if you do have a background of knowing these players and knowing these teams, then just sitting down and uh, having the market open, you know, it actually, whereas for an NFL game, for instance, where there's no injury stuff and it's a week five game or whatever, uh, obviously you're not going to have those kind of inefficiencies. So uh, that would be my comment there. All right, let's go to Iowa, Tennessee, Tennessee, six and a half point favorites. The total is 35. Uh, good to have an Iowa total uh, outside of the <laughs> 20s. Cade McNamara is injured. Uh, Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton won't play either. Uh, they have a highly mm-hmm. recruited five-star backup who will be playing instead. What's your breakdown of this one? Yeah, uh, you know, I found this out Wednesday morning on our uh, our show that Joe Milton is ducking Iowa is what the comments were saying and on our live show, and I agree. Uh, he doesn't want that smoke, Jay. Uh, Iowa's defense, that's all they're about is defense. Uh, this line dropped down to six and a half from eight and a half. I do think the Iowa Hawkeyes have a great chance of winning this game. I think the money line sprinkle of 200 here is in play for me. Uh, but the total is something I put out on NBC Sports. Uh, under 36 and a half and under 37 if you had that line because, I I mean, it was going to be Joe Milton versus Deacon Hill. That itself is legendary, Jay. All right, as someone who has bet Iowa maybe seven straight games and cashed six of them to the under, all right, we're not getting off the train now because Tennessee isn't the Hendon Hooker Tennessee team of last year where they're going up and down the field with tempo, okay? They're more slow-paced now. I think their defense is arguably better than the offense, uh, which is not something we talk about Tennessee very often. But the backup quarterback, as you said, he's a five-star, highest-rated guy since Peyton Manning. Uh, 6'6", 205, looks great, but he's only thrown the ball a few times this year, 103 yards overall and a touchdown. He got a few snaps. But going against Iowa's defense in your first-ever start in a bowl game where some of your teammates don't even want smoke, oh, man, that's that's a recipe for disaster, Jay. It's the under for sure is best bet, one-and-a-half unit play. And then I grab, I'm going to grab Iowa to sprinkle that money line, baby. Okay. I like it. I like the read. Uh, before we get to the semifinals of the college football playoff, a reminder this Sunday night, postseason position is on the line and another chapter of an NFC North rivalry will be written. Watch as Jordan Love and the Packers travel to Minnesota for a battle with Justin Jefferson and the great Jaron Hall and the Vikings coverage starts at 7 p.m. Eastern only on NBC and Peacock. If you worse than Nick Mullins. No, yeah, no, I'm done with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has cost me a lot of money uh, these past <laughs> few weeks. Uh, that's that's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. 
Jean Lefort. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No. No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Tapping Crunch. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Speaking of chaotic quarterbacks like Nick Mullins, and to be fair, I'd say more his predecessor, Josh Dobbs, who uh, this guy reminds me of just in terms of the viewing experience. Uh-huh. That's Jalen Milrow. Uh, <laughs> and he is obviously participating in the Alabama-Michigan Rose Bowl. Michigan one-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 45. I will say, Vaughn, uh, I had uh, a largely vested interest in Georgia not making the playoffs, so I needed Alabama to beat them in the SEC title game. And the experience of watching Jalen Milrow is absolutely terrifying and captivating at the same time. This guy can do anything, good or bad, on any given play. It is like he's, uh, at least relative to his own competition, is, I guess, better than Nick Mullins uh, and he can run. Uh, but I think it gets a little bit lost that Jalen Milrow, as well as he played in that game, he did fumble to a victory that could have given the game away on the final play for them, the final meaningful play of the game. If that ball squirts out to Georgia and then they march down the field, uh, obviously he is viewed a lot differently. But what's your faith in Milrow and more to the point, I guess, this Alabama defense uh, against Michigan? Yeah, you uh, you gave me a, a flashback, a, a sad you, – you depressed me a little bit, Jay, because I forgot that I said early in the season one of the best bets you probably make in the futures market was Georgia not to make the college football playoff. Yeah. And I never followed up with actual real money. Um, and now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, that would have been awesome right now to roll over on Michigan to beat Alabama okay. uh, because, yeah, I, I still love the blue. Um, I've been riding with this team all year, and I agree with you. The Jalen Milrow experience is definitely one of a kind for Alabama quarterback because you kind of know what you're getting. And we we have to remember, too, earlier this season, uh, Alabama was smacked in the fourth quarter by Texas, right? Nick Saban quit on Jalen Milrow, replaced him. The entire Alabama team quit on Nick Saban in that first half against South Florida. And then when they put Jalen Milrow in in the next game, you saw Alabama go back to its form to some degree, and they continue to get better. So I will acknowledge Alabama's 42 points per game in the last five games is very scary when you're going up against Michigan's defense. But at the same time, uh, Michigan's defense is something Alabama hasn't quite seen. Georgia's defense wasn't on that level this year, Jay. Georgia's defense was far more elite the past two seasons. We're talking about a Michigan's defense that led the league in points per game, uh, top 15 and third down defense, interceptions, red zone, passing yards, rushing yards. Uh, I mean, you name it. They did everything. And I agree that the Big Ten offenses don't live up to Jalen Milrow or the SEC. Milrow will be a different quarterback, a different beast. But there's a reason why Michigan is the number one team. There's a reason why they try to get Jim Harbaugh out of college football this year. And there's a reason why they didn't need him to beat Ohio State, Jay. So, yeah, I like Michigan. This is a team of destiny, in my opinion. I played the money line at minus 122 odds, and I think it's going to go back to minus three by the day of the game. 
Yeah. I will say that Milrow, he is the type of chaos agent that you feel good about if you're a six-point dog against Georgia just because he can win or lose the game by himself. There's a one-and-a-half-point dog against Michigan. Maybe they don't feel as good. But uh, as someone who was very invested in Alabama in this game uh, and as fortunate will have it, am invested in them again in this game or a futures market thing, not as tied to actually thinking that they are value or anything at one-and-a-half. But do have a great deal of faith in this Alabama defense and their pass rush in particular, which was excellent against Georgia. And what do you make of the matchup of the Alabama defense against J.J. McCarthy, who had, I think, maybe the strangest year of any quarterback? After he lit up Michigan State, I think he was the Heisman favorite briefly. And then two games later, he attempts eight passes against Penn State. Uh, And, I mean, he played... He played well enough in the later games against, particularly against Ohio State. He didn't really have to do a great deal. So what do you think that JJ does against the Alabama defense? Well, you're you're talking about the college comp to Brock Purdy. They just had the same exact things happen to them pretty yeah. much, in my opinion. Uh, you know, and I, I like JJ McCarthy. I do. He made some really impressive throws against Ohio State, and I got to see that from the press box. So I was definitely taken away by him. Uh, especially threading the needle against Ohio State to Roman Wilson, uh, which, you know, arguably people say wasn't a touchdown. I believe it 100% was. But Blake Corum also has been arguably the best running back in the country all season. Uh, And he's been behind a great offensive line. When you don't have to throw the ball an entire second half on the road at Penn State because you're that efficient on the ground, that really says something about your team with a backup head coach, by the way. And I was on the sideline for that game, um, and that was impressive. But Alabama's defense to me, Jay, has been one of the best five units over the last five weeks, too. Not only Alabama's offense has been lighting up, the defense has been, too. So if you're talking about totals on this game, I would say the unders in play here. And, you know, Eric and Brad told me don't even think about taking a team total under in Alabama because Milrow could absolutely go for 30. I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, I think whoever gets a 21st wins this game, Jay. That's Michigan. Milroy could go for 30 for Michigan. This guy is willing to yeah, Thank you. any given Thank play. You. Uh, yeah. yeah, as someone who needs Alabama, I don't trust Milroy at all. Uh, but at the same time, uh, he is liable to, uh, to, he could beat them by himself as well. All right. Before we get to Texas, Washington, find another way to celebrate the holiday season, Vaughn, by being part of Premier League festive fixtures. We're in the midst of 29 matches over 13 days on NBC, USA, and Peacock. So wrap up 2023 by checking out all the thrilling moments across the pond from creative set pieces to scorching shots and amazing saves. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. 
Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Texas, four-point favorites against Washington. The total is 63 and a half, substantially higher than our other semifinal. Uh, before we get into this game, one of the strangest, I think, market phenomenons in this season of college football was just how the Washington price flipped in the two Oregon matchups, going from oh, Washington three-and-a-half-point favorites home to Oregon, uh, and then... In the Pac-12 title game, they were 10, 10.5-point underdogs. And I'm not saying that was incorrect necessarily because uh, obviously Oregon played substantially better than Washington in between those matchups. So Washington did win uh, the first one and then obviously won the second one as well. So what do you make of this Washington team? Was that, do you think in retrospect that, uh, that if they played that game again against Oregon, the line is substantially smaller and the market was just way wrong about Washington? Or do you think that this is a very imperfect team that uh, just played uh, one really good game uh, against the Ducks? No, I think they played. I think they have played a lot of good games, but they've been competitive. Washington has let teams stay in games. That's been their issue all season long, uh, especially since that Oregon win early in the season. They played six or seven straight games of 10 or fewer points. And, you know, we I was someone that continued to harp on it. They're going to lose a game. You're going to lose at some point. And they proved me wrong. And I was also on the same train last year about TCU, Jay, saying TCU is not going to keep maintaining this. There's no way. Uh, but they kept, continue to find a way. And Washington, to me, sets up to be a similar team. I don't want to give that recency, but that's what's simple for everybody to remember. The thing that scares me in this game is Washington's third down defense. They ranked 80th on this season. Of course, in the Pac-12, you play a lot of explosive offenses. Uh, and Washington and Texas are both going to be very explosive offenses. So what I played early was the over 63 and a half. As we inch closer to game day, I get less confident, Jay, because I keep thinking about these offensive lines. They are monsters. Washington's offensive line might be the best in the country. Texas is nothing to, to shake your head about either. And I think we could see a lot of long drives, too. We might see some field goals. And when the fourth quarter comes down to it, I don't think we see both teams be as explosive anymore as I thought we did earlier um, after watching would Washington-Oregon that game happen. So I'm going to cash out on my over 63-and-a-half, play Washington plus the four and the money line. I think the Huskies can win this game, and I'll make this last note. If we're speaking about the future of college football – we're talking about the Big Ten realignment. We're talking about the conference changes in the money. This sets up the NCAA obviously wants the Big Ten and the SEC to be the two reigning conferences. I think we can agree on that, Jay. And uh, with Washington not joining a conference, being one of those loners right now, they would like them to probably join the Big Ten at some point, I'd imagine. But we're getting the Big Ten SEC with Michigan, Alabama, and I think we get the Big Ten Pac-12, quote-unquote, quote air quotes, with Washington and Michigan. Um, and I think that kind of previews what college football is going to look like in the future as well. So I kind of feel like the committee left Georgia out for a reason. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. As someone who was invested in Texas winning the Big 12, I don't really trust Quinn Ewers. And I know that he played, you know, I mean, he put up 452 yards and four touchdowns against Oklahoma State, but certainly don't think he is a perfect quarterback. But interested in what you think of the Washington defense in this matchup because it was such a bizarre game against Oregon where I think with 10 seconds left in the first half, Oregon had three points, but then they also uh, would go on to have 
three different touchdown drives where they scored in 90 seconds or less. Uh, So what is this Washington defense? Is it the team (laughs) that stonewalled Oregon for uh, almost the full half or is it the team that just was giving up uh, 90 second touchdown drives for fun? Yeah, I think they'll be much more focused. And I was on Oregon um, in that game in the first half. So obviously I was disappointed. I went back on them live in that game at plus 105 because clearly it looked like Oregon was going to pull away there. And then Washington, you know, closed in the fourth quarter, Jay. So I understand why the Huskies defense could leave question marks. I'll say this. Last year in the college football playoff, we saw 179 points in two semifinals games. All right. That is insane. We will not get that this year. And when I saw Texas play in their uh, Big 12 championship game, excuse me, uh, it's easy to also want to play the over between Washington and Texas because Texas put up 35 in the first half. They were as explosive as anybody offensively in that game getting big touchdowns. So you see that, and then you go right after in the evening game, and you see Oregon score on those big plays against Washington. I fell into the recency bias, I think, playing the over 63 and a half here. I think both teams lock up. Texas defense did the same thing like mentioned against Alabama. They locked up in the fourth quarter, and their low mistake this year was letting Oklahoma get that last drive on them. So I think both defenses actually are better than what we think they are, and both offenses might struggle at some points. And I trust Penix more than yours, so I agree with you there too. Yep. I also trust Dylan Johnson, who was an absolute monster uh, in the Pac-12 title game. Uh, they just fed him down the stretch, and uh, and he, he certainly uh, delivered. So, yeah, that would be a good one. I'm still scarred from these by the college football playoff fawn after uh, Noah Ruggles cost me an ungodly amount of money uh, by shanking Noah that Ruggles. kick well, well left. I think he would have missed three different. Um, yeah, he, he, he shanked <laughs> a 50 yard or left by about 50 yards in that game. So still scarred from that, but uh, but hopefully uh, hopefully we can bounce back. All right, great analysis today, Vaughn. Everyone, you can follow Vaughn at VMoney Sports on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, and please rate and subscribe if you're listening to us as a podcast. And a reminder to find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports from Jay Croucher and Vaughn Dalzell. Have a great weekend and good luck. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.